professionals, dating professionals, you kind of understand, or I think, and the more I've realized this, anyone with anything in the sports world, you realize what you give up for anything, for family, for your significant other, for your career, whatever it may be that you choose for your passion that you realize you sacrifice so much and you appreciate what the other person does for it. So I think Eric and I really bonded over realizing how much we were both so passionate about what we were doing and how hard we worked for it. And yeah, we were both just very respectful of each other's time and dedication to our things. Yeah, through dental school, I think it was just balance. And it really, really helped that. I mean, he was playing at least for the first three years where I was in school. So we didn't have to deal with long distance at first. It made my transition into the hockey world, I would say a whole lot easier, a whole lot more naive, but a whole lot easier. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players, but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am going to just kind of come on here today and introduce my guest. I usually do a little bit of a longer intro, but I have actually had the stomach flu for the last four to five days off and on, so I am just like in straight recovery mode. I have heard it's been going around. I've gotten a few DMs from you guys that have also been dealing with this. I had it over Christmas. It has been absolutely awful and I don't wish it on my worst enemy. So I, today I'm feeling a lot better, thankfully, but just kind of like exhausted and weak. So yeah, I'm just going to kind of get right to it today. I loved talking to Sarah on the podcast this week. You guys are going to enjoy this episode. It is super interesting because I've never really sat down and been able to have a conversation with a dentist before. She knows her stuff. So before we got into all the dentist stuff, we talked a little bit about her and her hockey journey thus far. Her husband currently plays for the Calgary Flames in the NHL, and he actually last season got traded to a different country, so the U.S., six days after Sarah gave birth. So he had to leave right away. She didn't get to see him for five weeks right after having her baby. So we talked about what that was like for her. We chat about what it's been like with COVID going on as a first-time mom. And, of course, we had to talk about how her and her husband met during her very first week of dental school. I asked her what it was like, you know, obviously both with high-demand careers, high-demand schedules, how her and her husband made this work. Like I was explaining to her that like even not having a career or not being in school, it was really hard to sometimes find that time for each other just with their schedule alone. So I can't even imagine what it was like having that with two crazy schedules. 
but they really supported each other and understood the importance of each other's careers. Then, of course, we dived into all of the questions about all things dental. We answered your questions that you asked. I had a lot of questions of my own. I have a ton of cavities. I like to say it's genetic, but who really knows? I mean, I think we can all do a better job at brushing our teeth. I will admit that. I ask her about cavities, if they're genetic, what you can do to prevent cavities. I asked her about any myths that she's heard that she can debunk for us. We talk about if sleeping with your mouth open at night can cause cavities. And then we talked about kids and their dental care. So me, as a first-time mom, I, of course, had questions because sometimes you read that you have to bring your kid to the dental office once they get their very first tooth. So I asked her what the real deal was with this and when you're supposed to get your kid into the dental chair. We talk about how to prepare your kids for their first dental appointment and to change the dialogue with them so that we're not implementing fear before they even know what really going to the dentist means. We talk about how fluoride is controversial and what she recommends and so much more. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sarah is so sweet. I had so much fun chatting with her. And one final little piece that I wanted to mention is this is actually the last episode of 2021. And then I will be taking two weeks off of releasing new episodes because I'm going to be strategizing my guests and topics for 2022. So if you're interested in coming on the podcast in 2022, if you want to share your story, if you have a passion that you would like to share with our community, if you want to just come on and chat, fill out a survey. Um, If you have filled out a survey in the past and I have not reached out to you, that does not mean that I do not want to have you on the podcast. I do get a lot of surveys. I'm very strategic with the way that I lay my episodes out and my topics out and guests and I do pull like half of the guests from surveys and I also reach out to people as well. So it's a really good combo of both. But if you have been kind of sitting on this idea that you want to come on the podcast, don't be afraid to fill out a survey and I will definitely be in touch to record if it aligns with the audience. So thank you so much for all of your love and support in 2021. It means so much to me. It's just what keeps me going. Honestly, I love interacting with you guys on the Instagram page. It gives me a passion and a purpose. And thank you again for listening in 2021. You are amazing. I am so excited to chat with you today and just pick your brain about your hockey life and being a dentist and all of the things. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I always like to start off with asking people, you know, a little bit of your background and just kind of what your hockey life has been like so far. All right. Um, well, I grew up in a small town in Northern Ontario. I went to school in London, Ontario for my undergrad. And then I went to Florida for my postgrad. And that's where I met my husband. Since then, our hockey life has been a whirlwind, to say the least. Um, We lived in a lot of cities. It's been quite an adventure. I'd say, yeah, we've experienced a whole lot in the time that we've been together. And it's been pretty exciting. And I've learned a whole lot from it, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. And you guys are in Calgary right now, right? We are. Yes. Okay. How do you like it there? 
I love it. I love it. I have fam- I'm lucky that I have family from here. My dad actually grew up here. Oh, so no way. Okay. We were, yeah. When we were younger, we'd come out every second year or so for Christmas just to visit family, but it's not a side of the family I got to see too often. So it's really nice to be out here and actually get to connect with them again and explore Calgary in a very different way now that I'm not so young. So it's, yeah, I love the city. Is it your first season there? Or have you guys played there for a while? First season here. We just started at the beginning of this season. Okay. Where were you guys last year? Last year we were in Ottawa and then we finished the end of the season in Nashville. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have been busy <laughs> moving. We have, yes. We should honestly own a moving company at this point, I'd say. But Seriously. It's crazy because I find the moves, you think they get easier and easier every time. Like I'd say I'm more organized every time, but it's still every time just a disaster. But <laughs> And but I it feel works like, out every time too. I feel like you keep accumulating so much stuff too. I'm like, I, I thought we were like supposed to be getting rid of stuff. And every time we move, I find that we have like four more boxes. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know how you guys do that to Europe too. That's crazy. That's a whole other story. Like, yeah, props to you. Cause I literally can't imagine like, <laughs> well, we usually keep boxes here like we usually find someone we can leave our stuff with or I know some people do storage units and stuff it is hard though when you don't know I mean like we have had pretty much one year contracts every year so whenever we go home for the summer we're like where are we gonna leave our stuff but every time when we come back over here we have so many bags it's just absolutely insane at the airport I feel like traveling even just for like a little trip with kids is enough but like moving on a plane across to another yeah. With kids is a whole other story. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> so you have, you have one child, right? Yes, we have one. Okay. Yeah, and it's eight months now. Cause I saw on your Instagram, one of your captions that said that he got traded or something when your son was six days old. Yes. <laughs> okay. Please yeah, tell that... me all about that. Cause that is absolutely <laughs> insane. I don't know if I would be able to like function <laughs> with that information. Oh my gosh. It was pretty wild to be honest. The whole time leading up to it, even like the last, honestly, the last month or so of my pregnancy was pretty crazy. Um, We were in Ottawa at the time and Eric was being scratched. We kind of had an idea that something was going to happen, but it was just such a mental roller coaster for him. And in a time where I feel like during your pregnancy, you're doing everything to lead up to the birth, like just trying to be so positive, trying to be in such a good place. And then there are just so many things that are beyond your control. And like, that was a huge part of it. Like you can't control their career. You want to be there for them. But at the same time, you know, that this baby's coming and you want to be in the best possible place Mm -hmm. for that. So that was definitely, that was a big, big challenge. And then luckily Eric um, trade deadline with everything that happened was a little bit later um, because our son was born 11 days late. So I went past due um and then Eric got to be there for the birth he got to be there for right after and then it was six days after we t- or, yeah six days after Benny was born that we found out Eric was traded to Nashville so literally when it happened Eric was like lying on the couch I was just sitting I feel like this happens with well the past few trades that I've actually been with him for and I've been able to experience with him that I just like stare at him and like my heart drops I like know <laughs> something's happening but you can't hear the phone you're like oh my gosh like where are we going what's happening and he's just so stoic about it like just so straight face he had Benny like on his chest I'm like what is happening here you're like in the background Um, like making hand signals like give me something like where are we going (laughs) 
oh my gosh yeah you just want to know anything like your heart's just racing you're like like he knows what like what the next steps are but you have no idea at that point but as soon as he said Nashville I knew it was a good opportunity because they had guys that were injured that they wanted him to help him to get them to playoffs and he just he wasn't happy professionally where he was in Ottawa so it was a really good move for him I knew that so I had to focus on us more so that but it was really really hard because I feel like I mean it's so emotional for a first-time mom or anytime mom with a new baby mm-hmm. but then seeing the way that the dads are with it's like I feel like Eric was even more emotional than I was in the first little bit and just seeing him with the baby and the baby on his chest is like finding out that he had to leave us and that we couldn't join him and it was just it was yeah it was it was a roller coaster of emotions for sure well Um, yeah now I'm thinking I wasn't even thinking about that but that's a whole nother element because you're obviously Canadian and then he is going to Nashville so you couldn't get in literally to the country right no, it's crazy. So luckily what could happen because, um, because of his visa and because we were married, I could get in through his visa, but we needed to have a birth certificate for our son. So we filed for an urgent birth certificate. And then long story short, we were waiting day after day for the mail to come. Like I was stalking this poor male lady. My mom and I would literally like run outside every time she could be about to come. I feel so bad for this girl now. (laughs) Um, But what ended up happening was, I guess, because the house that we were living in was a newer address. And the week that the birth certificate was supposed to be delivered, there was a different male person. And I guess he returned it. So we never ended up getting the birth certificate. So we waited for, I think it was five weeks before we finally just decided that we were going to try to drive to the border with any document that we could possibly have trying to show that he's our son and that I needed to, to take him to the States. And then also because I had an emergency C-section and because Benny was so young, he, could, he couldn't fly because he had no vaccines. I couldn't fly because I was so quick post-op. I had blood pressure issues in the hospital and everything post-surgery. So it was crazy. So my parents actually drove us down to Nashville. So we were trying to get Benny in without a birth certificate and trying to get my parents across the border, which they technically shouldn't have, but we got very, very lucky. So yeah, it was pretty crazy, but we got overall very lucky after five very, very long weeks of waiting. Yeah. Oh man. I feel for you. That's, that's tough. I, there, I mean, on top of just like giving birth and going through all that the first time, like I don't know about you, but like it, it all feels so, so what's the word? Like recent still, like it goes by so fast, but there's so many hormones too. And like, you're like crying all the time. I mean, at least I was, but it's just, and then you throw in like hockey on top of that and, and COVID on top of that too. And yeah, how has that been for you as a first time mom and COVID going on? Honestly, I feel like it, I mean, we're lucky for when, I guess we did have him that we went to Nashville. We were there for, I think just over a month and a bit. And then we got to have summer. So Eric got to be around for the whole summer with him. So that was so, so special. I literally can't imagine if we had just had him before the season. I mean, especially coming back after last year and after just travel being different, everything like at least here in Calgary, the guys have been gone pretty much the majority of this first part of the season. So you're basically just going straight into like single mm-hmm. parenting, which is a whole other story. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it makes you appreciate moms and everyone around the world that's doing these things so much more than you ever imagined before. So it's, 
that's been very, very eye-opening and it's been, I don't know, it's, that's been an adventure. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's hard too to know what to do. Like when, when you have such a young child and you know, there's so much fear in the world right now. And it just, it adds a lot of just stress on top of the stress of just being a new mom in general, I find. Oh, big time. Yeah. There's so, yeah. So much is unknown. It's crazy. And anytime, like, even if they get like a little cough or a little something, it's like, it's your baby and it's their first time experiencing any of this. And you're, you get so worried for them. It's wild. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you guys had COVID, but I'm curious, like, did your baby going up getting COVID? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so all we all did, I mean, we were in the house together before we found out it spread like wildfire through the team, like very, very quickly. Um, so, I mean, there was really not any way for us to avoid that with him out here. Cause we had to be with him. Yeah, of course. Um, so he had, honestly, we got so lucky and this is what we were told to, and we're grateful for that, but that it doesn't affect babies or young ones as much, but again, there's still so much unknown because this variant is so new. So he ended up, he had one day where he had a very, very, very low grade fever, like barely even anything. Um, he like literally coughed twice and we were like, oh gosh, is like, is he starting to get this? We were getting so worried. So we just like monitored him all day. He was a little bit off, but nothing too crazy. He just like, wasn't as hungry as usual, but he was still drinking. He was still fine. Um, and then we just, we went in and checked and like felt his forehead every two hours through the yeah. night just to make sure that he was doing okay. And honestly, that one day of being a little bit off was the extent of it for him. So we're very, very grateful that that's all it was, but it's, it's crazy when you're not, I mean, we're lucky that Eric didn't get symptoms too bad at all. Like he had a little bit of a runny nose and then fatigue, but beyond that, not much. I had a couple of days where I was pretty much the works of symptoms. Um, but then after those first two days, yeah, all of it. And like the body aches and the fever, especially when you're trying to take care of a baby, you just, you feel so much guilt and you it's, it makes it even harder. So that was really hard. And then just the worrying about him, but luckily he, he's okay. And he, yeah, he didn't get too sick. So we're very, very grateful for that. Good. I'm so glad it's, it is crazy how quickly it spreads through the team. Like we have, our team hasn't had it this year. Like it hasn't gone around, but last year when I was 36 weeks pregnant, literally the entire team and all of the wives got COVID like, except me, it was insane. I never got it. And um, I don't know how, because they had a baby shower for me literally the day before they all tested positive. And I was like, just sitting in the middle of all of them. And then my husband had it and we were in this tiny apartment and I made him sleep on the couch, but I was like, I don't know how I didn't get it. Cause I test, I got tested a few times throughout that span, but gosh, I cannot imagine the stress of that. That's crazy. Yeah. And so then like before they found out they were playing a team who they all had it and then we played another team and then they all got it. So it's, it it is like insane how quickly it spreads in team sports like this. Oh yeah. It's wild. Like within a matter of three days, everyone, but three guys on Eric's team ended up getting it. It was crazy like from the time we found out and luckily everyone as soon as like we found out the first three guys had it everyone isolated and um we were able to contain it past that point but it was yeah it's quick (laughs) it is yeah well I would love to talk about your journey into becoming a dentist I think that is so (laughs) cool that is amazing and I'm just like fascinated with this topic and okay so let's backtrack 
did you start this before? Like, were you in school for this before you met your husband? And also just with his career and how crazy hockey is obviously and dental school, I'm sure is not anything easy. So how did those two (laughs) go hand in hand and how did you make that work? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we met when I was actually in my first week of dental school. So I was going through a crazy, crazy, terrible breakup at the time, to be honest. Um, (laughs) And I I had a friend that moved down to Florida. I grew up growing up where I did. It was such a small town. It was an amazing small town, but it was cold. So I had like a childhood dream of going to school in Florida and it weirdly, weirdly somehow worked out. Um, So it was my first week down there and I literally didn't know anyone in the school there. I was starting completely fresh and I had a friend that was coming to visit. Um, She started dating basically Eric's roommate. So that's how we met. Um, So it was right in the beginning of my dental school journey that we did meet. We started dating, I think it was about like five or six months after we first met. We just saw each other a couple of times from then on. And then it was like, once I was finally over, over that whole messy situation (laughs) that we, um, we had like a beach day, we started talking and then we just never stopped. Um, But yeah, it was, I'd say it was very different. Like I didn't understand, or I'd never really experienced or known anyone part of the hockey world before that. So I didn't know what their career entailed. I didn't know anything about that. Um, and I was, I mean, I was first year dental school. So it was like, right. And I mean, not the that any year of dental school was easy, yeah. but, <laughs> but first year, especially it's like a whole, like, welcome to this. Like, yeah. Your life is over lot, for the next, so. however many years, like this is, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. You eat, breathe, sleep, teeth all yeah. day, every day. <laughs> like, whenever I'd go to Eric's games, whenever I could, I'd like show up straight from clinic. I'd like have my scrubs and have to like change, like bring a change of clothes down into the room and like change to go up to watch the games. I'd go through security to get into the parking garage and like, I'd have teeth in my trunk and the guys would be searching. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're going to find weird stuff back there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I think just being a prof- like professional dating professionals you kind of understand or I think and the more I've realized this anyone with anything in the sports world you realize what you give up for anything for family for your significant other for your career whatever it may be that you choose um, for your passion that you realize you sacrifice so much and you appreciate what the other person does for it so I think Eric and I really bonded over realizing how much we were both so passionate about what we were doing and how hard we worked for it and um, yeah we were both just very respectful of each other's time and dedication to our things so like in the beginning he would help me study for my exams like <laughs> I had it was like first year so I had a hygiene exam at that point I had to memorize certain instruments he was helping me to like memorize the instruments it was so cute how much he was just like Aww. just trying to be interested in something that was definitely not interesting to him at all <laughs> that's so um, sweet yeah so that yeah through dental school I think it was just balance and it really really helped that I mean he was playing at least for the first three years where I was in school so we didn't have to deal with long distance at first it made my transition into the hockey world I would say a whole lot easier a whole lot more naive but a whole lot easier at least having my own group of friends from school there um and then slowly integrating into the hockey world and starting to understand that I mean I feel like I'm still learning to this day there's (laughs) how much is involved it's crazy (laughs) um but it was yeah in my third year it was the summer of my third year that he ended up getting traded to Vancouver and it was while he was actually on a trip with one of his friends in Africa so he didn't find out until 
the next day after he got traded. So I was the first one to find out. So, so I, you know, be- you knew before him. I knew before I had the world knew before him. Like he had no idea <laughs> oh until a day God. later. It was crazy. You're like, <laughs> so welcome like, at our to your cell phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. He was on like a riverboat cruise that had no Wi-Fi or no service. And like classic Eric, he's not like he uses his phone for candy crush. And that's honestly about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he did not have any idea. So I'm like on the bathroom floor crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I have a whole year of school left. I'm stuck here. And like, he's going literally as far as he possibly could be going away from where I am now. So it was pretty crazy. But um, we did long distance for a year during my last year of school. But again, last year, it was good because I got to really put everything that I had into like seeing as many patients as I could getting the most out of the school experience that I could which was awesome um and then I met him in Vancouver the next year and that's where I actually started working and was my I uh, was out in Vancouver so I worked for two amazing dentists in that city and I was so lucky to get a really really good foundation for two years before all the trades started happening yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in a way that you were able to like have that time to yourself to really focus on school and finish it. But I also think like, because I've done long distance as well. And although I wasn't like, you know, invested in a career at that point, it was really hard just with his schedule only to find time to talk because they're so busy. So what was that like with your schedule on top of that and trying to like intermix the two? Did you guys ever have like issues trying to find that quality time with each other? Yeah, it that year was really, really tough. I mean, I'd be in school from like 8 a.m. to three nights a week. I'd have night clinics. I'd be there till like 8 p.m. And then he was in Vancouver. So there was a three hour time difference and then their hockey schedule, um, he ended up actually getting injured that year though. So he had a surgery in New York that, or two surgeries in New York that the team actually flew me to be his like supervisor for, or to like help him through the surgeries, which is kind of crazy. So we at least got a little, little bit more time together during the most of it. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really hard year, especially when you can't talk to your person all the time, you're going through so much. I mean, I was going through everything with finishing up with dental school the stress of like boards of all the final assignments all of finding patient for boards I was doing Canadian and U.S. boards that year too so it was it was quite the roller coaster for me and then Eric was going through a really hard time too at the same time that he ended up getting wrist surgery he sprained his thumb on his other hand so he literally could not do anything for himself and I wasn't there to help him so it couldn't even play Candy Crush no he couldn't do anything that's hard that's really hard and I feel like too when they get injured and they're out that like doesn't help their mental state either and you know I'm sure it was hard for him with you being so busy too it's always just so tricky it's like it seems like there's never just like consistency which is so tough with hockey and that's really amazing that you're able to just like stay so devoted and dedicated to you know finishing school and so when you finish school and he's like obviously just starting to get traded like it sounds like you how many how many times have you guys been traded uh so we've been on seven teams now okay so So a lot yeah so yeah we got lucky that again when I moved out to Vancouver after I graduated I had two full years of work there before moving which was so lucky so I got like those two years I was working like six days a week getting in as much as I possibly could have 
um, for my first two years, those were, I'd say even, to be honest, harder than the year that Eric and I spent apart for both of us though, because we probably saw each other even less, even though we were in the same city and we both, I think individually went through a lot more, like me starting out with my career, with the stresses of that, with when you're starting out with anything, you're just so hard on yourself. And I mean, I'm type A to begin with. So every little, little thing you just lament over and you go on and on and you're just learning to process and learning how to deal with the stresses of working in your actual profession. And then for Eric to, he ended up with two different surgery, another surgery after that first one, and just even going through the recovery and the, the mental strain of that. And then the hockey market out there is, it's a very stressful hockey market too. So there was, there was a lot that made it a very, very challenging, I guess yeah. I'd say start to my career to our end of long distance and yes. um, a diff- difficult point in his career there too. So I'd say Vancouver was a, a big learning piece for both of us. Like we look back now and we're definitely way better from it. We've learned a lot from going through that, but um, we definitely don't get the warm fuzzies thinking back to yeah. those days. That's for sure. We're like it made us stronger, but we don't want to do it again. <laughs> No, well, one and done. We're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how does, like, what does that look like with you finding jobs and being like a hockey wife too? Like, are you, do you stay somewhere? I mean, you're obviously with him now, but are, and you just had a baby, but like, how are you going to navigate that moving forward? Yeah. So everywhere we've been since Vancouver. So luckily we went home for the summer after that, I got a job that I absolutely love just North of Toronto at an office. And I've been working there since until having the baby this year, obviously. Um, So I did get my license in Pennsylvania, but it came in just in time for us to move to uh, California. Um, so I, I found like a dream job in Pennsylvania. I was so excited to start. I was supposed to start the day that Eric got traded actually. So, um, so I'm lucky that I, because I did my schooling in the States and I did my U S and Canadian boards, I can technically work anywhere. It's just the logistics of it and actually obtaining the licensure. That's a kind of a nightmare to a little bit. Like it's, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to get the licenses. Like for example, even in Alberta, which you'd think should be easy. I've had my license in BC, license in Ontario. Um, Now to get it in Alberta, I applied starting when we first found out we got traded here and I'm still waiting on one form to come in from Pennsylvania. And I think this is more of a COVID related thing, but still waiting on a form to come in from them just to say that I'm in good standing in a state that I've literally never worked in so that I can get my license here, which is crazy. So just like a slow process to get things moving. Yeah, very slow process. And then when it comes, Canada's lucky that as soon as I get a license, I can technically find a job, work anywhere. With the US, you need to have a letter from the employer stating that the reason why you are needed for that job over an American, and then you need to apply for the visa. And it's a whole other can of worms, but it's possible, which is the good thing. It's just jumping through hoops and finding the right people and yeah right situations that'll make it work and then also realizing that you may end up getting a job and then he gets traded the next day so right which is hard because you get excited like you said and then it's like a little bit disappointing when it's like oh okay well (laughs) I can't do that again so but obviously like you have that you know like you are a dentist and you know you can do that like long term too you know it's not something that 
is going to go away. So like whenever he retires to hopefully you can find a place that you love that you can, you know, work yeah. at or even like your own office. Is that like a goal of yours? Yeah, I would love to eventually. I'd really love to. I mean, I feel like at this point, one of the most amazing things that I've gained from working in so many offices, like I was able to work in Ottawa when we were there too. Um, and then even through just the applications that I've done in the States for certain jobs, like I've found certain things from each practice that I love. And I did grow up in a dental office to working for my parents. So I've kind of seen so many different aspects, aspects of the way that, that a dental office can be run and the way that you can kind of work as a team to create such a good work environment for people. And it's way happier of a place for patients. So, um, yeah, I would love to eventually be able to incorporate all of these little things that I've seen different places and little things I've learned along the way to have something kind of my own, but a couple years away from that at this point, I think. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I have like seven cavities. I'm, it's so bad. You do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, I, I have to go. Honestly, I'm getting off the call. <laughs> I, no, I have to say you're not alone. Everyone with the pandemic, it's crazy because that's the one thing that everyone, I mean, first of all, everyone had to put it off. We were shut down for so long, but you're, yeah, you're so not alone right now. Do not feel bad about that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to like pick your brain about like just questions I have that like, I feel like a lot of people will have questions too. And I know a lot of people threw in questions about kids because there's so yeah. much I don't know. You read stuff online and sometimes I feel like, well, what's the real answer? So I'm glad I have you on here because I'm going to ask you. (laughs) Perfect. I'll give you my best answer. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So true or false. Is it true that you can get cavities by the way that you breathe? Like I've heard that sometimes if you sleep with your mouth open at night, it can cause cavities. Is that true? Uh, so yes, I would say yes, because, um, so the more salivary flow that you have, the less chance you are of having cavities. So dry mouth does make you more prone to bacteria buildup and to that acid breakdown from the bacteria. So yes, <laughs> um, in a less, yeah, yeah, I guess it's a more of a simple way of saying it, but yes, you can for sure. Do you think that cavities are genetic? Because my dad, he gets a lot of cavities too, but it's just weird because I like, I brush my teeth twice a day. And then my husband literally brushes his teeth once a day, never has had a cavity in his life. This makes us as dentists so sad to see, but yes, there is definitely a genetic component to it. It's like the saddest thing in a day when I see a patient that like tries so hard, does everything possible to, to prevent cavities and then just keep sending up with them. And their partner comes in and does absolutely nothing. And you're like, okay, your teeth are perfect. Yeah. yeah it's literally heartbreaking. For me I <laughs> and then I see the patient with perfect teeth and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you. You made my day. But yeah, it's unfortunately there, there is definitely a genetic component to it. There are a lot of little things or little tricks that you can do to help to prevent cavities. Um, like what, like, again, like, like you were talking about, um, like if you're a mouth breather, if you have dry mouth, so there are certain things that you can get to help increase your salivary flow. Um, whether that even be just like, there's like a bio team rinse that you can get that just helps to keep your mouth less dry. Um, there's xylitol, which I love to recommend to patients. It's a great one. So do you want me to get nerdy on you here or <laughs> get nerdy? <Let's> hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love xylitol. So basically it's a five carbon sugar. The bacteria that cause or the bacteria that cause cavities, they can't break it down. So it actually helps to prevent that bacteria from 
producing the acid that causes cavities. Um, it also helps to increase sal salivary flow in your mouth. So you can find xylitol in like little mints, little gums, but um, xylitol is a really good thing. That's a simple little kind of sugar um, alternative that can help prevent it. Um, another one, and this is a, a touchy subject, I know for sure is fluoride, but fluoride does help prevent cavities big time. Okay, so why um, is this a touchy subject? Uh, so there are so many that are against fluoride or against fluoride in the water, because if you were to ingest large amounts of fluoride, yes, it is going to be a toxin and it's not going to be good to your body. But with the small amounts that are needed to help and strengthen your tooth structure to help minimize cavities, and weighing risks and benefits of having active bacterial growth and active decay in your mouth and possible infection versus the small amount of fluoride that you need. Fluoride is, it's a great thing. Um, so I'm sorry for people that don't believe that. And again, do your research, ask your own healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. Everyone does have their own opinion on this, but for the most part, almost most dentists will agree that fluoride is very beneficial. Like when I was working in Vancouver, there's no fluoride in the water there. And the amount of patients that we'd even see move in from Australia, Ireland, the UK, just that had never had cavities before moved to Vancouver and within a year had so many cavities. It's pretty crazy. So fluoride does really help. There are fluoride rinses that you can get um, as a supplement. So you just rinse, swish and spit and it, they do really help. Um, especially if you're high cavity risk, it, it's a huge thing that can help just to keep you happy at the dentist and keep you away from the dentist more. Okay. So what does your, like, I, I was, I literally almost just said skincare <laughs> routine. Like, okay. So like, what would you call that as a dentist? Like your teeth routine or like, what does that look like for you every night or, or every day? Oral hygiene routine. Yes. Yes. There we go. Uh, so flossing just once a day. So um, flossing is important at least once every 24 hours, just to break up that bacteria that does form between the teeth um, before it calcifies or before it hardens. That way you're able to get it off with floss. That's where those regular cleanings are important just because that calcified plaque is really, really hard or next to impossible for you to get off with floss. So flossing once a day, that's all we ask. <laughs> um, and then brushing twice a day. So morning, night, um, and then another big one that is really important that is harder to do is making sure that the brushing does stay half an hour away from coffee or for if you're having anything severe, like strongly acidic. So if you wake up and have lemon water first thing in the morning, just making sure you're not brushing your teeth immediately after that. Oh, um, okay. what, what about water? Like, can you, if you brush your teeth and have water right after, like in the nighttime, is that bad? No, water's fine. I mean, okay. if you're My having, husband says if you're, that, so I'm going to tell him. Like, no. If you are, if you're using a fluoride toothpaste, you do want to wait half an hour before having any food or drink ideally, but it's water. And if you're going to do that, there are far worse things that you can do. I would never say that that's an issue. Okay, good. He, he probably just made that up. <laughs> like I've never heard and that, but he's definitely not wrong. He's being like overly right, probably. So good for him. <laughs> and also like, maybe I should listen to him because he doesn't have cavities, but <laughs> Yeah, he's doing something right. That's for sure. Yeah. He's like, you need to do nothing because I don't want to spend any more money at the dentist because you literally oh have like three gosh. cavities every, it's so bad. So like when oh. I went to the dentist last time, this is, I used to be really good. And let me just preface this with, this is when I was on my parents' insurance, I would go every six yeah. months, obviously yeah. like now I don't have dental insurance, 
And um, I think I it was told, I think I was on it till I was like 26, which is crazy. And now I'm almost 30, but I it, like, it was just weird because I was so consistent with it. And then I, but I've always had the cavities when I go in and um, yeah. I, so I went in when I was pregnant and then they were like, okay, you have like five cavities I think yeah they basically they said like okay we, we don't want to do it right now because you're pregnant but come back after you've had the baby and we'll get the fillings done and I'm like okay great of course me I'm just like a procrastinator and I still haven't gone back and it's been like a year so my next question is when is this going to turn into a root canal okay <laughs> Um, <laughs> How do I have so, till I have to go? <laughs> loaded question. I would always say the sooner that you can treat anything before it gets too large, the better. And um, the more time and money it's going to save you too. Um, so prevention and dentistry is key. It's it always just it saves you time and money in the long run. The more that you can stay on top of the little things before they become big things, for sure. Mm-hmm. That being said, being a new mom, that is definitely the last thing that's going to be first on your mind is taking <laughs> care of anything for yourself. So I completely, completely understand that. And then on top of that, moving from moving different places, not knowing your healthcare providers. There's so many other factors that come into play. So don't be too hard on yourself because it's yeah. not easy. Um, it's the main thing for me is it's so expensive. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm trying to figure out if dental insurance is worth it, but if you're someone like me that gets so many cavities, I'm like, I feel like it's worth it probably. But anyway, sorry, totally just cut you off. No, no, that's such a tough one. Um, so for, yeah. So if you are to hold off on dental care for any amount of time, for whatever reason, because life happens and that, that just is something that people do have to deal with. You can't always get things done right away. Um, Just making sure that you're very diligent with your flossing, that you are using a fluoride toothpaste once a day. So like Prevenant 5000, at least is the one that you can find here. I'm not sure what it would be in Europe, but I can look (laughs) that up for you. Um, But using a fluoride toothpaste once a day, if it's a small, small cavity, it's well, usually what's at the point that we say we're going to treat something, it's past the enamel. So it's the inner structure of the tooth, tooth and it is spreading. Um, so fluoride at that point isn't going to do too much to prevent it. But again, it can help a little bit. So using that, um, using a xylitol mouth rinse or using a rinse that has xylitol and fluoride, a combination of that can be great. So the one I always recommend for that is OptiRinse, but just doing those little things. And then again, throughout the day, just making sure you're drinking as much water as possible or just if you are having more acidic things throughout the day like a lot of our healthy healthy diets that we do um we use a lot of lemons we use a lot of salad dressings we love fruits we a lot of things that these bacteria break down to produce acid that causes these cavities so the more that we can keep the ph in our mouth balanced by just swishing with water after these things can again help keep them from spreading or getting far so as for when it's going to turn into a root canal for you, that's, uh, I, I really hope not. That's really hard to say. Again, everyone's mouth is different. Cavities progress at very different rates. So it's hard to see the only way to really tell what that would be an x-ray. And again, even from an x-ray, it's very different inside the tooth. It's generally deeper in the tooth than the x-ray looks. But um, do all those things to help minimize or prevent it from spreading as much as you can. And, I'd and go to the dentist and get it filled. <laughs> 
yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there's I one that's I had good. a magic cure for you. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna have to just fly you out here, just work your magic, and then. But yeah, I'd I think love to. <laughs> there's one that's like bat. I'm like, I know, I because I can see it, you know. But the other ones are like t- teeny tiny. They said, but like this one is like I need to get it filled like asap. But um, yeah. I was gonna ask you, are there any funny? myths that you've heard that make you laugh that are just so false about teeth oh my goodness um I'm trying to think I I mean one of the offices I worked at had a very large Italian population so the amount that would have like toothaches and just like oh yeah I just swished with some cognac and it's it's fine it's fine it's done no problem that I've heard people like putting this is gonna sound off and I don't know why anyone and if you've ever told the dentist this, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't repeat this, but that people have literally tried to put like cocaine or put different things onto toothaches. And I'm like, why are you telling me this right now? Like, this is when I was in dent, I was in dental school that somebody told me this. And I had to go to my professor. I'm like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, yeah, just I put saying? some coke on my tooth. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, it can work as an anesthetic <laughs> back in the day. They used cocaine, but yeah, we're not going to get into this, but <laughs> yeah, just things that are like, why are you even bringing this out? Um, I'm trying to think, I feel like the amount of things that I've seen over the years. How many people you do you ask, or... like, like how often do you floss? How many people say, oh, you know, like every now <laughs> I'm like, no, I need to like, I actually am not bad. I used to be really bad. Now I'm like, I I try to go every couple days. I really should obviously should do every day, but I've come a long way. You're trying your best. That's all that matters. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, honestly, for the most part, and I love this, but patients are pretty, pretty honest with that. And I really appreciate it. So like I find for most that'll say, well, honestly, I've lost the two days before I came here. And that's about it. I'm like, well, <laughs> here's your clean slate. You're off to a good start. You're going to have the cleanest teeth ever when you leave here today. So let's use that. And let's go from here. That's but, actually um, so funny. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the dentist and I know I'm having a dentist appointment, like I'm really, really good about flossing and brushing. And I'm like, okay, like they're not, they're going to say I'm doing so well because like my mouth <laughs> is just going to look great. Cause I just went to town these two days, but no, I no. <laughs> <laughs> They know. Yeah, we, we see these things, but you know what? We appreciate the effort and that's all we can ask for. <laughs> so you, if you've made it to the dental office, you're doing a good thing. So we're never going to come down on you for that because you're doing an amazing thing even by being there. Like that was a big part of the reason I even went into dentistry in the first place is I saw, I mean, growing up, I never understood how my parents did that day in and day out of like, how do you look in people's mouths all day every day and treat teeth like I could never understand it I love science I love medicine I love everything to do with the human body but I could never fully grasp what my parents did every day yeah um, so your parents are both dentists they're both dentists and my dad is like the sweetest sweetest my mom is too but my dad is the sweetest human you'll ever meet and there were so many patients I worked at their office basically from when I was probably too young to even start working at their office but I'd see so many patients that would just be so so grateful for them changing them for being so scared of going into an office to like I don't know if they'd go as far as saying like they absolutely loved to go into the dental office but to the point that they were so comfortable going in to see him and they felt so safe and that like I'd see patients even like crying after being like so happy and grateful for what he did so that was what started to change my opinion on dentistry and on how yeah I guess it's like it is such a science it's medicine it's science it's totally art it's everything in one and if you can make something that 
isn't something that people traditionally love or love going in to see and you can make it into a better experience for them and help to kind of change their perspective on that in a positive way just seeing that impact that that changed my view on it so it is true that that's what I can give to my patients yeah I mean it is like it is true though that so many people are scared to go to the dentist and it makes me wonder like why I don't know if it's just like kind of a thing as to when you were a kid and you remember, you know, all the noises and the feeling on your teeth and stuff like that. But a lot of people are, are kind of like have trauma about going to the dentist. Yeah. I think a big thing too, is just pain management techniques and how far they've come over the years. The biggest thing that I see, especially I love, love treating kids. That's one of my favorite things to do. And just seeing how many kids come in and they're already scared, but these kids don't, they don't know any difference. They come in to see you. And if you make it a good, comfortable experience for them, which we have the ability to do now with everything that we have and with all of our little techniques and things and tricks that we can do. Mm-hmm. So if you can incorporate those things and, and in combination with the children, not having a preconceived notion that dentists are scary, which is something right. that we unfortunately do see a lot where obviously it starts from the parents that they're kind of prepping their kids being like, okay, it's gonna like might hurt and use those like kind of trigger words for the kids. And then the kids are petrified, but they have, they have no reason to be because they never even gone through anything like that. So yeah, I think dentistry has changed so much. And the more that a positive story can be shared around it or more that positive experiences can happen around it. And the more that pain management is used properly, um, the better experience that everyone is going to have, I would say. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Cause I like, just you saying that, like, I could totally like innocently picture myself saying that for my kid's first appointment, like, okay, it might hurt, you know, but it's going to be, but it's like, you have to change the dialogues because you're like kind of implementing that, like, and putting that in their head before they even know, like you said, what's going on. Um, Exactly. So that's, that's smart. Like, how do you think, I don't know, like, I don't even know if you have advice for this, but like, what are, what's something that you could say that could potentially make it more of a positive experience before they actually arrive at the office? Uh, I think a big one is just focusing on that. We're there to help keep their mouths healthy, that you're going in, we're like, I'm there for you. I'm coming with you. I'm here to support you, but just to try to help make sure that everything in your mouth is going to be nice and healthy, that we're taking care of those bad sugar bugs before they get at your beautiful teeth or just, yeah, just Mm -hmm. little things like that. Just trying to use. And again, we don't want to mislead kids because I don't think that's in any way right either. Like you do need to, like when we're doing certain things, like when we're doing the anesthesia, we we do prepare them for it. And we do use wordings that they know what's coming, but it needs to be in a way that doesn't scare the living daylights out of them because that's not there for them either. Right. So yeah, it's kind of balancing that. I love that the way that you said that too, because obviously like as a first time mom, I've never taken my kid to the dentist. I've only gone to the dentist myself. So it's like, I don't really know what to say in those situations, but I love that. I think that's so cute. Like the sugar bugs and just saying like, (laughs) okay, they're here to keep your mouth healthy. Like that's just such a cute way to, to, you know, introduce them, I guess. Little things. And it's the biggest thing that I find with kids too, is the younger that you can take them in, like, so the recommendation for kids starting to come into 
get their teeth checked out is either six months after their first tooth erupts or at one year. But the earlier that you can get them into the office, even if it's with their older siblings, just to take a ride in the dental chair, just to get them comfortable with that environment, comfortable seeing the dentist, especially now that we're wearing, I mean, we always wear a lot of PPE, but now that we're completely covered up, but getting just comfortable with being in that setting, the happier they're going to be as they grow up, knowing that this is just a normal thing that they go do every six months and that it's it's something that's important for them to be healthy. So so that was actually my little, next yeah. question. I felt like you led me right into like the children topic, but so I cannot imagine my son sitting still in a dental chair right now. Like he is nonstop. Is that like, I mean, can they get cavities that young? We've seen them. They can happen very young. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would, I would never say no. Cause we, I have seen cavities in very, very young kids. They can happen basically at any time once the teeth are up, they're not as common in the front teeth, which is a good thing. So you've got a little bit of time there at least for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, they are, they can happen, um, at any point once the teeth start to erupt. So making sure that starting from a young age that the, I find the best way with kids, especially with young kids to get them into the habit of brushing their teeth every night is place them on your lap, their head facing up, up on your lap and brush their teeth that way. So their legs are kind of facing down towards where your legs are facing. Um, and just starting that every night, like I do that to Benny already every night and he loves it, but just getting into the habit of that, just to help them clean their teeth. And then once they're old enough, or once they're able to let them kind of play with the toothbrush and work on brushing their own teeth after that, just to help with prevention. And again, as soon as they have teeth side by side, flossing is recommended harder again, in young, young ones and harder to keep them still. But, um, like how young would you say for flossing? So ideally, like as soon as they have the side by side, just so that they start to get used to flossing. Um, yeah, really as soon as they have any teeth beside each other, just to get them used to it. So even as young as six months, which sounds crazy, but just okay. to start, it doesn't have to be the most, <laughs> like, thorough, okay, it doesn't have to be the, <laughs> yeah, it does not have to be the most thorough flossing job. It's more so just getting them used to the idea of it and used to the habit of it and yourself used to the habit of it too. Cause it's another thing to add on to that crazy long bedtime routine or daily mm-hmm. routine that you're doing. Right. Yeah. And sorry, I cut you off. Are you going to say something else? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, okay. So they should be brushing their teeth every night or we should be brushing their teeth every night. And yeah, I mean, he loves like the toothbrush. Like I I feel like he thinks it's a toy and like, I don't know. I kind of like do it for him for like a minute. And then I just let him like kind of play with it in his mouth or whatever. Um, that's perfect. Yeah. And like, he, he likes it. Cause it's like something that I only give to him, like when I'm actually brushing his teeth. So it's like, and it's actually kind of, side note, like this is kind of a tip, but once they turn into like a nightmare, when you're trying to change their diaper, like giving them a toothbrush <laughs> oh is like the best yes. thing. It's the best. <laughs> they love it. It's crazy. Yeah. It stops them from like the wiggles all over the place and well, not too much, but at least a little bit. <laughs> exactly. And then, so someone asked, should kids have fluoride in their toothpaste? So yes, a little bit, but the amount of toothpaste that you're using for kids is very, very minimal. So for like a one-year-old or for under two years old, it's like literally the size of like a small grain of rice. So very, very small, small mm, amount of toothpaste. Okay. And then for even older kids, it's like a pea-sized amount. So generally the amount of toothpaste that we're using, it's 
usually too much for kids. So I'd say tone that amount down, but yes, fluoride does really, really help, especially in kids with pediatric teeth or baby teeth. They're a lot more prone to cavities. So that definitely really does help. Okay. And then the last question I have for you is someone asked, give us the real 411 on essential treatment for us transient families. Um, so I think that I'm like, I, I don't know if this is just like me. Like, I think that means like people that are going overseas, obviously it's like yeah. harder to find. It's just more of a hassle, honestly, to find like doctors and dentists and all that stuff over here because it's like different language and all of that thing, all of that stuff. So what, like, how often should your kids be going to the dentist every six months, like adults? Yes. Ideally every six months. Cause again, especially for kids, cavities can progress a lot quicker. So the sooner that you can prevent something from getting to be too large, the, again, the easier you keep the treatment for kids. Um, something with kids that works amazing is using the nitrous gas. So a lot of times with that, we actually don't even need to anesthetize or don't need to freeze the kids. So when they're small too, or when the cavities are smaller, it's way easier to keep the treatment simple for them and to keep it a much more, I'd say pleasurable or much more enjoyable dental experience. So I'd say as much as you can on top of that every six months or making sure that at least every time before you're leaving. And then as soon as you're back, if you aren't going to get a dentist over there, cause I cannot imagine how hard that would be. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> at least doing that just to try to stay on top of it as much as you can does really, really help. It just, that the biggest thing with kids is trying to minimize traumatic experiences when they're younger. Cause as soon as they have one of those, or as soon as they have something that is more invasive or something more difficult done when they're younger, they do remember that. And it does make dental care harder for them growing up. They just come in and they're already a little bit, if they've had that traumatizing experience, which hopefully they never do have, have, but you want to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and letting me just pick your brain. And thanks for sharing about your hockey journey. If anyone wants to follow you on Instagram, what is your handle? Where can they find you at? Uh, it's at my name at Sarah Spina. Okay. And that's like the cutest last name for a dentist ever. Do people say <laughs> that to you all the time? And they do. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, I told Eric that I'll change my name when he changes my name. So I don't know if that's ever happening at this point, but we'll see. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was nice talking to you.